Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, we're at season three of Baywatch. I know. It's absolutely wild to me that we've finally made it this far. It's weird that we've recorded this many episodes of a podcast. It really is. And that we've watched this many episodes of Baywatch. Yeah. I did not. This was not like my bucket list plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, get married. Watch all of Baywatch. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in fact, we're about to we're getting into, I guess, like the peak years of this show. Apparently, like 93 to 94 is like the peak in terms of viewership. Okay. Yeah. Um, But we're at Baywatch Season 3, Episode 1, River of No Return, Part 1, written by Michael Burke and Douglas Schwartz, directed by Douglas Schwartz, aired September 20th, 1992. So, let's talk about Season 3. Yes, let's get into Season 3, the season that is apparently better than Season 2, thank God. I already think this episode was better than a lot of Season 2 stuff. Yeah. Uh, But this is truly when Baywatch apparently became Baywatch because of the new cast of characters. And as of maybe two episodes from now or so, we'll know all the characters we need to for the Baywatch 2017 film, Um, Mm. which means we can do that whenever. However, there's more important, potentially better movies to watch, like Thunder in Paradise. Um, Better. Who knows? Uh, Right. Uh, But let's just put out there. Do you know the cast of the 2017 Baywatch? I know a couple of people. I know The Rock is in it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think Pamela Anderson and David Hasselhoff come back, right? They do make an appearance. Zac Efron. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Jason Momoa. No. Oh, okay. Jason Momoa is in Baywatch proper. Right. I thought he was also in the movie for some reason. No, I think you're thinking of Aquaman. (laughs) That's true. I do get the two of them confused very frequently. Do you know who Zach plays? Uh, Hobie? No, he plays Matt Brody. Ah. Yeah, I don't think there there isn't a Hobie, which is weird. Oh, yeah. Very weird. Like, that's like your secondary main character. Yeah. Is uh, Matt Brody one of the two teenagers we meet in this episode? Yeah, he's the the black-haired one. Okay. Yeah, he'll be a main character. Gotcha. Uh, and then Kelly Rohrbach plays CJ. Uh, Alexander Daddario plays Summer, which is uh, okay because Alexander Daddario is a brunette and Summer is blonde. Whatever. Uh, Rob Hubel plays Thorpe. And then Yaya... Huh. Uh, yeah, Yaya Abdul Mateen plays Garner. Uh, you may know him. He played Cal in the Watchmen. TV. Oh, yeah, uh, hell yeah, he's pretty good. And then there's another main character we haven't met yet, who is also in there. But anyways, yeah, so they got a they got a good cast. So I tried to find budget information for season three because you may remember the budget had been slashed by 30% for season two once they made mm-hmm. the indication. 
Um, but I'm guessing this is the start of them making money. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made Thunder in Paradise or like Baywatch Nights, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so the apparent peak of Baywatch viewership is 1993. Uh, I found an interview with David Hasselhoff. I'm going to read mm-hmm. a bunch of quotes from this. This, this yeah. interview is from 2012, and it is an extensive interview. I will put, put it in the show notes because there is so much good stuff in this uh, interview. And they talk about like his life the whole way through. Um, but he said this to say about at, in 1993, I was at the Caribou Club in Aspen once and the Shah of Iran's wife was there. Great wow. start to a story. People were telling me the Shah of Iran's wife wants your autograph. And I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Send her over then. And then the Shah of Iran's wife comes over to my table and says to me, hi, I'm the Shah of Iran's wife. <laughs> and well, <laughs> they sell tickets to your show in my country. What? Wow. What? Yeah. And then Night Rider 2 in Tehran, some homes have satellites in their back lawns and they sell tickets for 25 cents a pop to watch my shows. It's amazing. Wow. And he says, there was this interesting story in L.A. Weekly a while ago that was called Baywatch versus the Ayatollah. And there were these two guys who went to Tehran Park and interviewed people and they asked them, what's your favorite TV show? And people would usually say Baywatch. Wow. Crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't think of it having that uh, far of a reach, but damn. 140 countries. That's what they say it was viewed in in, in 93. Yeah. Uh, available in a billion homes. Uh, the other thing I learned from this is that Hasselhoff absolutely has our sense of humor, um, which is amazing because he talks about everyone in his life telling him not to do a movie called Piranha 3 Double D. And he yes. Are you kidding me? This is the world's greatest movie. I mean, okay. Okay. Uh, he was just like, I, I just want to do anything. Um, and he talks more about like how he's like, I'm just an actor. I don't cure cancer or anything like that. So why should I like take myself too seriously? I just take whatever people give me and I just have fun with it. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other part of the interview that is interesting to me, uh, there's lots of interesting parts is if this is with men's health magazine and mm-hmm. they try to put Hoff on the spot and be like, hmm. Oh yeah. Like, you know, season three, that's when Pam Anderson came in. He's like, yep. And they're like, Pam Anderson, she's pretty hot. And he, he's like, sure. <laughs> and they're like, she has pretty big boobs. And he says, yeah, that's what people seem to say. And <laughs> they're, they're like, okay, well like, you know, maybe it's, it's the boobs that drew people. And he goes, Maybe or maybe it was. <laughs> He's just like, I'm not I'm not playing your game here. Yeah. And then Good he goes him. really in depth to like his opinions on like why he thought. So 60 percent of the viewership at its peak was was women or I guess later on was women. He's like, I think it's because we're showing a lot of women lifeguards being strong. And he does have an opinion I don't agree with, which is like he's like. Um, it's not sexualizing people because it's literally the outfit that they wear. And I'm like, yeah, but you have a camera and editing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, this episode was titled after a 1954 film called River of No Return. Uh, starred Robert Mitchum and Marilyn Monroe. Oh. And 
The only relatable parts I can find is that there's a miner and there's a river. And that's all it. right. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is I have a little bit to say about some of the new casts, as does Morgan. And then we're going to go into talking about guest stars in which I have some information and Morgan will happen to come upon some information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, first, let's talk about the character Matt Brody. Matt Brody is played by David Charvet. Uh, David is from Lyon, France, and won a green card via lottery about a year or a year and a half before Baywatch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, He's also one of the more famous Sephardic Jewish actors, so that's cool. Oh. um, Baywatch was his fourth role ever. Wow. He is super hot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He's like, (laughs) it's like... Like he's, you can tell he's like playing the like the role for Eddie, right? In a way, oh he's just yeah, a hotter, way hotter Eddie. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're setting him up to replace Eddie. Yeah. Uh, after Baywatch, he had moved on to Melrose Place, but mostly stopped acting to focus on music. And oh, he did pretty well in France. He had like three singles in the top ten in France. Uh, also, wow. seems like a good dude. Worked on some nonprofits to stop like, like environmental ha- waste hazards or whatever. Yada yada. Anyways, he was also married to someone who I assumed wrongly was on Baywatch, which is Brooke Burke, and that's probably because I was thinking of Brooke Burns, who was on mm. Baywatch, who is also married to Julian McMahon, who you may know as Cole Turner on Charmed or Christian Troy on Nip Tuck. Or Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four movies, but is also the son of a Prime Minister of Australia, which is weird to me. Hmm. Uh, anyways, um, all, next up we have Susan Anton, who plays Jackie Quinn, Summer's mom. She is married to Jeff Lester, who you may know as Lame Brody or Lance Jarvis on Baywatch. Oh, yeah. So they married like I think ninety one. Or 92. So then he was on for those two episodes and he's like, here's my wife. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's how she got on. Um, you may also know her as Calot in the 1970s movie The Boy Who Loved Trolls. Uh, <laughs> here is the plot. Paul feels like Paul feels like life should be an adventure. So he sets out to prove that trolls really exist. That's the plot. All right. Um, Sounds like a good movie. It does. You may also know her as Goldeen Seraphin in Golden Girl, where a neo-Nazi doctor tries to make a superwoman of his, doc- of his daughter, who has been specially fed, exercise, and conditioned since she was a child in, pr- in preparation for the Olympics. Uh, sounds weird. Uh, now, much more interesting. And there's a lot of research to be done on this, and I didn't want to talk about this next one for forever, but I think it's it's super cool. Mm-hmm. She was in a 1979 series for NBC called Cliffhangers, and the idea was is that it was an hour-long episode, and the, the point was it, uh, to like bring back serialization in, in, in TV, but to do, like, serialized movies— so interesting hour would have three 20 minute segments that would leave on a cliffhanger and they were all part of the same. So it was like 
So you'd have each week would be one part of that movie. And so at the end, mm. you would hit the end of all three of the movies, right? Uh, so, okay. So you had, first off, Curse of Dracula, where, kid you not, Dracula is living undercover as a college teacher in San Francisco in 1979. <laughs> wow. Uh, sounds great. The Secret Empire, where a U.S. Marshal in the Old West stumbles upon a futuristic underground city run by aliens. Sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> and I would then, watch it. Yeah, and then Stop Susan Williams, where a TV journalist is investigating the murder of her brother and stumbles on an international conspiracy. Uh, wow. Now, each one is based off of certain previous, like, serials, which was really cool. Um, to be clear, I'm saying... With an S, not with a C. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was canceled after 11 episodes, but Curse of Dracula hit a resolution. The other two were made into TV movies to finish them off. So I think it's really interesting. There's a lot of information out there. I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah. Now, yeah. Morgan, uh, I understand you have some information for us about some other people. Yeah, so I uh, did a little digging on two of the new female stars in this season, uh, Nicole Eggert and Pamela Anderson, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start with uh, Nicole Eggert here. Um, I, you know, didn't have a chance to do a super deep dive on her, but I did find a couple of interesting facts. Um, one is that she does come from money. Uh, specifically, her father was a German-born canning company executive. So just huh. just getting that can money. <laughs> um, and she actually got her debut in the showbiz from being Miss Universe at age five and then getting a role in a Johnson's Baby shampoo commercial. Um, how, do you, how do you be Miss Universe? Isn't, like, Miss Universe for, like, teenagers and up? Yeah, I don't like thinking about children's beauty pageants too much. Oh, it's the children's <laughs> version of it. I was like, yes, she at five beat all, like, the 22-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how pretty is this person? <laughs> she was Miss Universe in the petite division, which, oh. uh, oof. Mm, don't like yeah. that. Don't like that at all. Um, But... Don't worry, she's doing much better these days. As of 2014, she has begun a new career as the owner-operator of an ice cream truck. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Right? I love it so much. I, uh, um, I, I took a look at her Instagram, and mm-hmm. her most recent post is just, like, one of these motivational posts that says, um, never be so bored that you would marry someone. Wow. All right. Well, that says a lot, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, yep. that's fine. Um, she she did a little bit of TV, um, but primarily what she did was a lot. Or sorry, she did a few movies, but what she primarily did was a lot of TV. Um, she's had minor roles in all sorts of different things. She was on Fantasy Island for a little bit, TJ Hooker, I Dream of Jeannie 15 years later, which is not a, sh- it's a television movie, but okay. I don't understand why 
Um, I but, don't you know. know why that exists. Yeah. Yes. She was on Who's the Boss, the new Leave it to Beaver, Charles in Charge. And, of course, the one that I'm sure you were waiting for, Michael. There's two I'm waiting for, but okay, yes. Oh, uh, the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Whoa, what? Not, not, those are neither of the two. <laughs> oh, that's one thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, she apparently had a, a minor role as a character called Neatness Counts. What? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the name of the character. Oh, no. Okay, apparently she played herself, and the note for it is Neatness Counts. Oh. <laughs> I guess maybe that's the uh Oh, no, the name. I like the idea of, like, a count who is very right? neat. <laughs> um, she was also in a show that I don't know anything about, um, but it is called Duckman, Private Dick slash Family Man. I and own all of Duckman. I've never heard of it before. Duckman is an animated series about a duck who's kind of a curmudgeon. And that's basically it. All right. It's it's a good show. All right. Well, I'd never heard of it before, and the name struck me as amazing. I I have it on DVD, and the problem is I think the only thing I have left anymore that even plays a DVD is my PS4. And I Mm. don't... I don't want to sully a PS4 with a DVD. (laughs) (laughs) But I should rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, I I hope she is doing very well on her ice cream truck. And then, of course, the the final thing we do have to talk about, because we have talked about it previously a little bit and hinted at this, uh, is that in 2004, she played the role of Ginger in the first edition of TBS's The Real Gilligan's Island reality show. That is one of the things I was looking for. Um, I'm not sure what the other one is, then. She's on another show you talked about that is not as uplifting as The Real Gilligan's Island, which is Celebrity oh. Fit Club. Yep. Yep. But uh, two important parts of my youth? Uh, <laughs> struggling to say that. Yeah, she was on Real Gilligan's Island and played Ginger. I wanted two Baywatch stars on there, um, which is cool. And I think uh, I think Nicole Eggert is one of those actresses who's remembered a lot for Baywatch. I th- mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she has like a, a standout look because she has short hair and nobody else except for Shawnee in this episode also had short hair. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's about all I've got on her. Um, and then, of course, the person who everyone associates Baywatch with, Pamela Anderson. Yes. Um, you know, there's there's all the normal things. You know, she was Playmate of the Month. She holds the record for the most covers of Playboy ever. Um, and, you know, prominent animal ra- rights activist and also, you know, associated with PETA, who, mm-hmm. yeah, you know... Yeah. They have some yeah. things. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. Also a uh, big uh, supporter of Julian Assange. Uh, Interesting. On, she, in January of uh, this year, 2021, spoke on Tucker Carlson tonight, asking President Trump to pardon Julian Assange. So that's cool. Um, I like how she went on be- there with the, uh, like, asking Trump, and it's like, 
You only got like a few days. You can just yeah. have Biden if you wait a few days. Right? <laughs> like just just wait like the twenty something days and you can just ask a new guy who can do it. Like just just do that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh she also apparently is an outspoken pro IDF person, so that's cool. Interesting. Okay. Um wasn't but- expecting that. Also, in 2009, wrote an open letter to President Barack Obama urging the legalization of cannabis. So uh, I I have a hard time getting a handle on what her views are. Um, But, you know, um, but my my favorite um, my favorite bit of activism that she has done, at least, you know, in my brief reading over her history and biography uh, is that in 2018, she did a PSA for the National Limousine Association. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, th- this PSA, titled The Signs, aims to continue to push for passenger safety and universal driver regulations in the private ground transportation industry. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Big limo money. Yeah, but then also was supporting the Yellow Vest movement in France, so, yeah. Okay. All right. All over Um, the place. But yeah, you know, she, uh, you know, has had had quite a history, Uh, not all of it great, definitely a lot of um, assault in her past, Uh, and, you know, dated and married a lot of pretty shitty people, which obviously is not her fault by any, neither is the assault for that matter to be clear here, but just saying that, you know, she's, she's had quite a rough go of it. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's been, must've been an interesting life for her. Yeah. It, she was in some high profile relationships like Tom. Oh yeah. Relationship Mm -hmm. was, was huge. Um, just in, general tabloid media yeah yeah she i mean she really you know it was a little before my time and i just wasn't super tuned into that side of pop culture but really just like was so much of the like 90s and early 2000s like tabloid and celebrity culture like maybe not entirely her but certainly focused very heavily on her yeah, I mean, and part of that I think was due to her sex tape, which just like mm-hmm. really put her in like. I mean, Baywatch did it, but then the sex tape did it more, and the Playboy did it more, and the movies did it more, and mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of. If if your goal is notoriety, she did a lot of the right things, but mm-hmm. not necessarily saying that that was her goal. Exactly. Exactly. Did, um, did you happen to come up across her her famous? Um, I'm gonna make a pun here. Well read TV show. Uh, no, I can't say that I did. There was a show in the mid two. I'm. Were you gonna talk about TV shows? Uh, no, not particularly. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to do a deep dive That's on fine. it because, quite frankly, she did a lot, and most of it was basically playing herself. Yeah. So she was in a show in the mid two thousands. Morgan, if you had to think of a pun for a show starring Pamela Anderson, who works in a bookstore, what would you call it? Uh, well, I 
I do think I may have just found it on her uh, okay, IMDb yeah. page. Is it yeah. is it stacked? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, God. I think I watched a few episodes of it and I was like, well, this is whatever. I never would have guessed it was about books. Nope, that's... Well, I mean, because they're, they're stacked. The book. Yeah. And her. Mmm, yeah. that's the pun. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I recently saw somewhere that uh, she was also, like, so... Yeah, she got big from this, right? And uh, but then, like a year or two later, she was in like Barbed Wire or something, mm-hmm. which was, I guess, a cult classic as well. So she started just doing a lot of, in quotes, stuff to uh, not high profile, mid profile. This is high profile, but profile yeah. stuff to just raise her celebrity status. And everybody knows Pam Anderson. I mean, and she was brought back with the fucking uh, Borat appearance. Yeah, yeah. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think we'd all like to forget about that part. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's about what I've got in terms of guest stars. Did you have anything else, Michael, or should we get into the episode? No, that was new stars. You got to talk about guest stars, Morgan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Uh, so first off, Bill McKinney plays Drew, who is one of the hillbillies. I am okay. Really wants us to know that he was in the movie Deliverance and played a rapist redneck near some whitewater rapids. So therefore, this is typecasting or something. Ah. Um, now he will come back this season as a completely different character. So great, great job. Um, one fun connection is he was in Kinjite Forbidden Subjects. Uh, what, what do you think Kinjite Forbidden Subjects is about? Lower your expectations, by the way. Oh, I did uh, see that Nicole Eggert was in this as well. Um, Not sir. Yeah. Oh, no, I I didn't look into it other than seeing the title and going, huh, I wonder what the fuck that is. It's about cops busting prostitution. Oh. Yep. But besides Nicole Eggert, James Ashita, who plays the sheriff in this episode, is also. Oh. Yeah. Now, uh, Bill McKinney was also a monk in the only Karate Kid movie I can remember. Uh, I, I I can't remember scenes from the from the original Karate Kid. For some reason, my brain doesn't want doesn't want that. But it does remember the next Karate Kid, uh, which stars Hillary, huh. Mike, Michael Ironside, Walton Goggins, U.S. Senator Daniel Inouye, Frank Welker, and Constance Towers, who played Micah James. Arms. <laughs> uh, now to briefly just bring it back James Ishida plays the sheriff in this episode and you may know him uh, for his most famous role which is Marty McFly's boss in Back to the Future 2 oh okay I now, thought he looked familiar to me yeah he, he is, he's a little bit notable now Morgan uh What about this extra information you just stumbled upon? Tell us more. Uh, oh boy, I'm stumbling upon this information right now. Uh, and we've got a, we've got a couple other guest stars worth talking about. One is Michael John Mayer, um, who is not the child of Michael Eisen and John Mayer, unfortunately. Ah, ah, he's <laughs> a cute kid. <laughs> it would be. Uh, it would be a real time traveling kid. It'd be uh, weird. He'd be like half fuckboy, half like 
weird, like, anti-joke comedian. Uh, like, I want to be like, oh, man, he's really hot. But, like, I don't like talking to him. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's probably just John Mayer in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've also got Mickey Jones, who plays Lonnie, the other hillbilly. Um, and it turns out him and Bill McKenney were in a few things together. Mickey Jones also played the biker that Court stole a girl from back in, what was that, season one? Yeah, yeah, in home court. Right, 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 yeah. Um, but he also was in two appearances on another related show, Son of the Beach, specifically episodes The Long Hot Johnson and Attack of the Cocktopus. <laughs> Um, because the mid 2000s were just the peak of comedy. I actually mostly re- had you read this because I wanted you to say Attack of the Cocktopus. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I practice saying that phrase quite frequently yeah, for how unrelated you, reasons. How often are you uh, being attacked by octopus peni monsters? Listen, some things don't get discussed on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's for our um, other show, our marine biology show. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that one you can find as the end credits to the Baywatch porn videos on X video. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> Doing a callback. Oh, yeah. Um, everyone knows callbacks are best when you explicitly explain that they're callbacks. And for folks who don't know, a callback is when you call back to something that you said previously. How, how is a callback different from a rewind? Uh, well, in a rewind, you have to play the audio backwards, and I don't know how to do that. That's, oh, that's editing magic that is uh, far too advanced for me. Oh, yeah. They don't have, like, a rewind button on these things. Nope. Nope. We just hit go, and then that's what it is. Everything that's in the show is in the show. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you know. Um... But finally, he also played the head biker in one of the longest titles I've ever heard, which is My Mother Dreams, The Satan's Disciples in New York. Mm hmm. Is there supposed to be a colon in there? Nope. OK. I copied that directly from IMDb. <laughs> cool. Uh, but basically, a widow from farm country visits her daughter in New York and she lives across the street from the Hells Angels. And uh oh, she's worried about it. But then they help her out, and now she's okay with them. And this movie won an Oscar for Best Short Film. Uh, and I bring this up because the IMDb Reviews has a film student who leaves the only bad review for this, saying that he and his classmates should have won the Oscar instead. <laughs> it's great. It's so <laughs> Everyone else gives it 9 out of 10, and he gives it a 1 out of 10, and he's like... We sat down and were prepared to have our minds blown. And we were so disappointed. This is what film students do. How dare they? We should have gotten an Oscar. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. That's not for IMDb. IMDb is too pure for your hate. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's everything we got. Let's, uh, Morgan, let's talk about this wacky wild episode. Yeah, let's do it. We start off with a little kayak chase where a very old man with a very large beard is in a kayak. Did you and did you think he looks exactly like Biff with? 
Uh, I don't know who that is. Biff Whiff is the actual name of the actor who plays Santa, and I think you should leave. Oh, yeah, I totally see that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like saying Biff Whiff, because that's his actual name. <laughs> it's a good name. It's the main Um Yeah, I... This whole chase sequence is actually pretty fun. It is. Uh, and then he dives out of his kayak and goes and hides a box in the woods and then gets back in his kayak and starts heading down to Devil's Mouth. And the two hillbillies are chasing him. And then eventually they manage to shoot him with a crossbow bolt from a rifle, which didn't feel right to me. It no, wait, didn't. Don't they have a crossbow and a rifle or is it a crossbow from a rifle? I don't know for sure, because, again, the episode I was watching was very low quality, but I'm pretty sure it was a rifle the whole time, and we don't see the crossbow again later, uh, so I don't know. That's, like, a weird... Couldn't you just shoot him? I mean, maybe it's to make less sound, but you're also on the river rapid, so it's, like, gonna be loud anyways? Yeah. I don't get this. (laughs) I didn't either. I was worried that it was going to be stupid. Um, Worried? Well, (laughs) um, but after he gets shot and falls into the river, Baywatch is here to remind us that we are still watching Baywatch. So we get a beach montage with sick guitar riffs. Um, Yeah. Mitch is very sad that he's stuck at the headquarters. So he goes out onto the beach and slowly takes his clothes off while he watches a volleyball tournament. He wants uh, one woman in particular a lot. Yes, he um, does, and it's kind of creepy. So you get just get you get like uh, guitar riffs. You just get like sweet guitar. There's riffs. there's some lyrics over it too, but it's it's pretty good. So did did and you watch the 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 original right? Um. Well, I think we discovered that I've been watching the like 2004 remaster. Sure, whatever. We're gonna call it original. Sure. Yeah, yes. you watched that one. So, uh, uh, in mine, they have a song. I'm going to give the first A-plus I've given on this podcast to this song. Um, wow. This is a good-ass song. Hell yeah. It sounds like a lost minute work song. Ooh. Or, like, maybe, like, a early, mixed with, like, an early U2 song before they came, became shit. Um, and While- I Mm-hmm. While we're talking about Men at Work, Colin Hay just put out a new album recently, and it's Ooh. fucking good. Well, everything that guy does is good. It is. I didn't realize until about a week ago that he was the lead singer of Men at Work, because I grew oh, really? up listening to a lot of Colin Hay. Um, and my brother That sounds like a you thing. <laughs> it really does. Um, Typically, the part where it's like, you listen to a lot of Colin Hay and Men at Work, but no one ever told you that they're like one in the same. That's a very Morgan Thrapp thing. Yes. Um, my brother also hated Colin Hay for a long time as a kid because oh, his name is brother. Colin. And oh, yeah, fair, fair. So anytime a Colin Hay song would come on, we'd go, hey, Colin, Colin Hay. And oh fucking God. Yeah. Understandably, he was not super thrilled with Colin Hay. You know what you should have done instead? You should have just stared at him and, and go, who can it be now? <laughs> <laughs> Who can it be making stupid jokes? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Colin Hay appearances is his one on Scrubs. Do you know that one? No, I didn't know he was on Scrubs. 
So there's like they keep on bringing on Colin Hay, and there's like one where uh, there's a guy who's like having like I think dying dream hallucinations, and he's walking around, and he keeps on seeing Colin Hay everywhere, uh, um, singing Overkill, and just like in the hospital. And so, like, everybody's, like, walking around, and Colin Hay is just following them around. Oh, no, he's the dying guy. So they he's he's singing and playing, and then at the end, you just see him, like, with his guitar, like, laying down on the stretcher, and then the song ends, and then he dies. And it's, like, oh. it's, like, really sweet and serious and emotional. It's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah. That show had had its moments. I I really liked Scrubs. I haven't rewatched it. I feel like it won't hold up, so I haven't rewatched it. But I did really like it. I agree. Um, Now, the other thing this song sounded like is like an early U2 song before they went to shit. And I did have a note in here that says, hey, Morgan, ask me when they became shit. Morgan. Sorry. uh, My audio just got weird. Give me just a second. (laughs) That's the best time. <laughs> All right, try talking again. Can you hear me? Sure can, and you no longer sound like you are yelling at me from a tin can 100 miles away. Great. That happened at the best time. I don't know if you heard what happened there. We can edit all that out. <laughs> Which I just said, Morgan asked me when YouTube became shit. And then I waited and I said, Morgan? And then you said, hold on, your audio. Oh, yeah. So you just didn't respond. <laughs> Michael, like, oh man, you're playing. When it. did you two nope. become shit? Good, okay. Um, Morgan, <laughs> uh, ask me when you two became shit. After 1983, you see, up till 1983, they were just a post-punk band. They did three albums, and I was like, these are at, at okay to good. And then they started going to pop rock and being like, voila, voila, and I was like, fuck off so this song sounds like an early u2 song um and we have lyrics here uh this song is very good uh, i'm just gonna say that right now i i'm gonna go back and listen to it the all moment, right would you please read these lyrics for us sure sunsets over the ocean <laughs> it makes way for the moon feels like heaven but from way up here, it's a hell of a view. I got my head in the clouds. I just don't know what to do. Point your head to the stars above. It's a hell of a view. It ain't the worst thing that I could do. <laughs> don't you know it, don't you? Don't you? This is the first thing I wanna do. Don't you know it, don't you? Don't you? It's a hell of a view it's a hell of a view feels like heaven every time (laughs) it's a hell of a view they cut to a shot of one of the women playing volleyball ah well that's creepy but the song itself is good the montage is not Hmm. but yes what happens next morgan what happens next is eddie and shawnee show up and Eddie makes fun of Mitch for having assigned himself the tower right next to the volleyball tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn that Eddie is going to go to Australia for a year for a lifeguard tournament. And Shawnee is very jealous. Um, and then they leave. But just Did as- you think 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. Did you think the moment Mitch asked Shawnee if she's still feeling sick, were you immediately like me, just thinking, hmm, pregnancy? I did assume that it was going to come back, um, but I completely forgot about it until literally just now. So I did not make that connection until you ah. just now said it. No. Ah, gotcha. Well, it's not like super obvious at first. Yeah. But I was like, it's going to come back. Like, you're not just going to. Th- Baywatch isn't going to throw out that someone is. No TV show is actually going to throw out. Oh, hey, are you sick? And then just be like, yeah, she was just sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad storytelling. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's Chekhov's vomit. Oh, I don't <laughs> like that. Tell Chekhov to stop, stop vomiting. Yeah. Listen, sometimes when you set up a vomit in Act One, you got to pay it off in Act Three. Uh, um, but never. <laughs> um, but. Eddie and Shawnee take off to leave and get a little ways down the beach when, uh-oh, there's jellyfish. Uh, so Mitch goes in to help after radioing for backup, and then Eddie and Shawnee come in, too, and save some people. Was this scene, for you, like the funniest scene ever? It it was pretty dumb, yeah. Like, one, one of the women is clearly having to hold on to it. Yes. So it doesn't fall off her shoulder. Yes. Um, and Mitch just picks them up and throws them. Yes. Uh, um, and all of these jellyfish, I don't, I've never seen a, a jellyfish in person, um, but I don't think they're supposed to look like menstrual cups. Yeah, they <laughs> did. They do. They did kind of look like inflatable pool toys. Yeah. They all look like something where, like, in, like, I would think, like, maybe, like, a pad that Yoshi would jump off of or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. It, it, they're very, it's it's very B-movie looking jellyfish. Yeah. And uh, as we learn later in this episode, uh, when Eddie asks, you like jazz? Uh, Shawnee does not. <laughs> Wait, he asked that? I mean, he's playing some jazzy music when she comes out of the bathroom later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I had to I had to make a B-movie joke, and that's the only one I know. Oh, you know so many B-movie jokes. You've seen The Room. This is true. <laughs> the only B-movie possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but now we get to meet a bunch of teenagers who are swim training, and they're betting about who's going to be faster, and the coach thinks they should stop betting on each other and instead bet on if they're going to win more often because there's a new East Coaster coming in who's a very fast swimmer, but everyone knows that East Coast swimmers aren't as fast as West Coast swimmers, <laughs> so Brody's going to be able to win no matter what. Um, Morgan, did you catch the name of the swimmer? I did not. Uh, it's Bobby Quinn. Now, ah, let me tell you a second fact. Yes. Uh, there is a character in this episode who we're going to meet uh, soon. Mm-hmm. His name is Roberta Summer Quinn. Mm-hmm. Does that ring any? Yep. Is that yep. connections there? Yep. I. That's why I said, ah, when you mentioned that his name was something Quinn. Right. But Bobby, mm-hmm. Roberta. Oh. 
they just say Bobby Quinn. They're never oh. like that hot shot, masculine male of a man. Oh. Bobby Quinn. Okay. No, I I did not catch that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering why they were setting this all up. Yeah, it's gonna come. It's not gonna. I think it's, I don't know when that's gonna come into play, but like Roberta, mm-hmm. Bobby, yeah, totally. Um, but uh, whatever the new main character's name is, who I'm already forgetting, Matt Brody. Matt Brody um, is talking about how his dad wants him to get a job, but he doesn't want to. And his friends like, "You should be a lifeguard." And he's like, "Nah, man, I get to hang out at the <laughs> beach and have the girls play me." Instead of playing the girls And also my dad doesn't care what I do Because I'm a cool teen And I'm rich Mm -hmm. Um, And then he goes outside And we get a very slow pan Of his ostensibly in the show Teenage girlfriend's body Starting from her feet uh, Up to her midriff And she is leaning on his motorcycle Mm -hmm. And then he makes out with her And they drive off on his motorcycle Yep. Um, It was very creepy. Um, But then we get to meet uh, Summer and her mom, who are driving to their new place in California, running away from uh, some sort of abusive male figure. It's not made clear exactly what the relationship is quite yet. Um, And Summer's just so excited about the ocean that she won't buckle her seatbelt and she won't stop standing up in that ding-dang convertible. Um, And they're going to go to the trailer park, but Summer's like, please, Mom, can we go to the beach instead? We're right there. And her mom's like, all right, but only if it makes you sit down and also you can't get out of the car. Uh, And then they decide instead to get changed into swimsuits and go down to the ocean. Uh, And this is where we learn that they're running away from. uh, It's not clear again if it's Summer's dad, but we find out later that it is her mom's um, like abusive Mm -hmm. ex-boyfriend. Did did you find all of this scene cute? It was very cute. I The two of yeah. them had really good, like, familial chemistry. Like, I totally believed that they were related and that they had, like, gone through some shit and had, like, bonded with each other. Um, that they had existed for at least 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It, Which is It was really nice. Yeah, uh, it was surprising for this show. <laughs> It is uh, not a thing we get very often. Well, also, a lot of the stuff that we get in this show is like characters who met each other two years ago mm-hmm. interacting with each other. And Eddie is just like, I've seen so many things, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, like, I've every seen... week he's like, I forgot about that. <laughs> I've seen, what is the Blade Runner quote? I've seen lifeguards sparkle off the coasts of whatever the fuck. <laughs> That's the quote. <laughs> I've seen lifeguards sparkle across the coast of whatever the fuck. Yep. Truly, mm-hmm. uh, truly a line for the ages. Yep. Morgan Pratt. I looked up the real line, but I'm not even going to say it because I like my version better. Ridley Scott, hire tomb- me. On your tombstone, I want to put, I've seen lifeguards sparkle across the wherever the fuck. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yes. Yes. Um, but oh, may I take the next scene? Oh, be my guest. So we cut to Mitch's house. Mm-hmm. And 
I actually decide to look up Mitch's house. Mm-hmm. And it's real. Mm. And people go to see it. That it makes sense. 1,800 square feet. Okay. Three bed, three bath. Wow. And it has a private dock. Wow. Its last sale price was in 2018, where it was uh, $2,750,000. That is honestly less than I was expecting. As of August 9th, 2021, it was listed for rent. So it was put August 9th. Can you guess how much a month? I'm going to say... I'm going to say $6,900. Up. More, I mean. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, I would keep guessing. Huh? Uh, 10 grand. A bit, Morgan. 10 grand. <laughs> More. More. Jesus. 22 grand. 18 grand a month. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So the interior that we see is actually a set. Okay. So, the first set existed at Culver Studios, where the series' first season sets were done. Mm-hmm. The inside is is vastly different. You can like look it up uh, on Zillow. Yeah, really, really nice. Um, but if you want to go visit it, the address is four six nine Sherman Canal, Venice, California nine zero two nine one. So uh, go visit it. It looks very. Nice. They actually took off the. Um, I guess in like nineteen ninety. Or so they had a chimney in 89 and mm. in 1990 they were like, fuck this thing. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of this chimney and do no other work to this house. And I'm like, that's a weird work to do on your house to just remove a chimney. But OK. I mean, I do feel like probably in that area of California, you aren't really lighting fires that much. But why spend the time to then remove the chimney? Just don't use the chimney. That's a good point. I mean, listen, okay, so here's here's my theory. Um, basically, uh, whoever bought the house at the time really fucking hated Santa Claus and wanted to make sure he had a really hard time getting in. Ooh, well, you could just close the, the, the was it the sloop? I don't know. I don't know shit about fires. <laughs> it's not about fires, it's about chimneys. I'm not a chimneyologist. A chimnologist. <laughs> Hi, I'm chimnologist. Hi, I'm Chris Chinball. <laughs> I am all about chimneys. <laughs> it's actually chimnol. I lied. Um, I don't. I think it's it's a, the sloot, the something. I don't know. You just close the thing so that like nothing goes in the chimney, and then he's like. Foiled again by modern architecture. Uh, <laughs> this is truly not a good God-fearing Christian home. Mm-hmm. As everyone knows, all Christians open their chimneys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's, Jesus was like, like, treat your neighbor as you would want to be treated. And also, open your chimney. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a class to seize 360. And he of the open chimney shall be he with the open uh, the heart full of presence. Ah, oh, that's so sweet. Man, maybe I should become Christian. <laughs> <laughs> open up the chimney, open my way to love. Yeah. Maybe that's that's what I need to do to turn my life around. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah. Yeah, open up, open up the chimney of my heart. Anyways, uh, <laughs> more like next? open up the chimney of my fart. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 
damn. Oh, man, this show just got wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what happens next is we are at Mitch and Hobie's house, and uh, Mitch and Hobie are making dinner. It's chicken. Um, and then the phone rings, and Hobie goes to answer it, and it's a sheriff calling about Uncle Alex. Um, he was the old guy from the beginning who hid the box and died. Uh, and then... <laughs> yeah, that, that's... <laughs> he hit a box, he died. Him. <laughs> that should be his epitaph. Uncle Alex, he hit a box and then he died. Um, Morgan Thrapp lived, period, died, period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's objectively true, or it will be at some point, because I'm not dead yet. Or am I? Hopefully not. Dead inside. <laughs> Closed off the chimney to your heart. Yeah, it's true. And everyone knows once you close off the chimney to your heart, the only one who can reopen it is Dick Van Dyke. And he's way too fucking old for that now. <laughs> he's still alive, though. True, true. Which is wild. Yes, I do not I, understand. He was like, he's the new Abe Vigoda. And that every day I wake <laughs> up and I'm like, He's dead, right? And then every morning I find out again that he's alive. Yeah, it's true. It's like the Groundhog Day of Life. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird statement. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know that I understand it, but I do agree with it. Sure. Um, that's well, What was what was uh, Mitch's Uncle Alex's job? Why, why, Michael, he was an old-timey prospector. <laughs> he was paying them for gold in the hills. So wild. <laughs> what? Like, what the fuck inspired them? Yeah. To make a character who is a four, 49er prospecting mm-hmm. for gold. Yes. <laughs> I, is it, look, like, this is not going to be the first time I say this this episode. Mm-hmm. But... This is some galaxy brain level shit. Oh, Can yeah. I take back everything bad I've ever said about Baywatch. Yeah. I Because of this. Spoilers for the end where we rate the episode. I think this was good. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Eddie and Shawnee are here for dinner. And it turns out that Mitch is the sole heir to Uncle Alex's fortune. Uh, which is to say, probably not much, because uh, yeah. he was always in a lot of debt. And Hobie's real excited that they're going to be rich now. Um, and then Hobie, Mitch, Shawnee, and Eddie decide all of them are going to head up to gold country to take care of Uncle Alex's estate. Um, but but before we do that, mm-hmm. we're going to have one of these moments. There's like maybe 16 to 20 of these moments in this episode where Shawnee and Eddie fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets annoying. Yes. Like, it, it in a good way in that I'm like, oh, like, I like if you read these characters as intentionally flawed, it's good. If you read them as not flawed, this makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, honestly, the the writing really does feel improved um, this season. Like, the arguments between the two of them feel much more real and don't feel as, like, goofy and heightened as they often did in season two. They feel like what I would expect, or, like, not what I would expect, what I've even seen 22-year-olds fight about. Exactly, exactly. 
Yeah, complete with the fact that none of them know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, but now they're all going to go take Mitch's Jeep and head up to gold country. Gold country. Gold country. Um, you do it so much better than me. I love that. <laughs> thank you. It's one of the many services I provide. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, they can't make it all the way to gold country yet. Uh, because they have to stop at a river and watch a kayaker who is very talented and Mitch is definitely having the hots for. Um, now, again, because I only had two... The answer is yes. I only had 240 pixels um, because that's how 240p works, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I could not tell who this was or if I was supposed to know who this was or if they come back later. It's CJ. Oh, okay. That makes they, a lot more sense. And they confirm it by saying they asked her, they ask her later. Uh, but I don't ah. know if this is like an actual appearance of her because she doesn't talk. Right. Uh, and I say that only because um, her next scene later is going to be so much better. Oh, yes. Uh, much better. But she she does do a barrel roll on a kayak, which is honestly pretty fucking cool. It's uh, super dope. Yeah. Like, again... I think this episode may be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after Mitch uh, watches CJ for a while, they finally get to Uncle Alex's cabin and it's a mess. And because it's now Mitch's, it's Mitch's mess. And the <laughs> sheriff is there. And Uncle Alex kept bragging that he found the. <laughs> Just a sec. Oh, yeah, that sounded so fucked up. Oh, my God. It sounded like you just shouted into it the the words the boot into a tin can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he just found <laughs> I was like, whoa, oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> Does my audio sound fine? Yes. Cool. I dropped my mouse. Ah. You should have left that you should leave that in if possible. Oh, I'm going to. Um yes. Uh, but yes, uh, in case you couldn't hear that over the sound of me dropping things all over the place, um, I figured out how my mouse works. Um, good job, me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Uncle Alex was getting drunk at a bar and bragging about how he found the boot. And everyone's like, the fuck's the boot? Who cares about a boot? And Hobie's like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, in my magical book of script knowledge, I know that it's a big piece of gold shaped like a boot. Um, It's funny because the page he reads from doesn't discuss the boot at all. If you, You can see it in HD. It just is like, well, the elevation of the terrain is. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's... That's not boot lore. <laughs> have you ever, by the way, have you ever had either, uh, you know, Das Boot to drink or done a shoey? Uh, I can't say that I have. Okay, so what we need to do in mm-hmm. the future, uh, maybe for your next birthday. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have to get at least four people. Okay. Uh, legally. Legally, we have to get at least four people. Okay. Uh, I know. Great start. Uh, we go to Ryan House. Ooh. And uh, they have a boot. Hell yeah. They give you, and they fill it up. And you have to sign a contract uh, or a document that says that you will not place this down on the table. And that's why you have four people. So you pass it around because it's huge. Ah. 
but it is top heavy. Okay. Uh, and it costs like like 30 bucks or something because it's a lot of beer. Um, and you just get a, a bunch of German beer in a giant fucking boot. You pass it around. You drink for a while. Okay. I mean, I'm down. That sounds fucking great. Yeah. And by your next birthday, maybe you'll we'll, you'll be able to go back to a bar. Yeah, maybe. God, I hope so. Um, fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean for this to be a depressing podcast. Oh, it's fine. Um, but, uh, we see that the two hillbillies are watching the sheriff and Mitch and Eddie and Shawnee and Hobie. Um, and Mitch is like, aha, I'm reading the will, and he hid it in the secret place that only we know about, and Mitch is like, I don't fucking know what this secret place is. Uncle Alex, (laughs) what are you talking about? You dumbass. He keeps on being like, why the fuck would I know this shit? The last time I saw him, I was like 10. Yeah. And um, I'm in my late 20s. Wink, wink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like 40 now, like Mm -hmm. legit 40 on the dot. So it's been 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you, Morgan, do you remember anything from when you were 10 that was just in a, a conversation that you had with a random relative who you never saw again? Uh, not at 10, but I do remember um, when I was like five or six, I used to paint my nails all the time. Um, and my uncle one time, I genuinely don't even remember which uncle. I think it was not even like... Uncle, uncle, I think it was like great uncle once removed or something like that, um, told me that he would not talk to me until I took my nail polish off. And I said, good, I don't have anything to say to you anyways. So. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, I don't remember anything. Can I tell you a memory from when I was seven? Yes, please. When I was in kindergarten, uh, there is this uh, senior living home we went to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's. It accidentally functions as a hospice because people just fucking die there. Mm-hmm. But it is a senior living home. Um, and we went there and they had this like makeshift like bowling alley that they had in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like, again, we're in kindergarten and this one kid, it's like his turn and his name is Benji. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what Benji's last name is, but it's it's a, a normal human last <laughs> name. OK. Right? And one of these old men just goes, uh, what's his name? Benji Poops. Uh, <laughs> and they had to be like, now, Henry, that is not nice. And he goes, take me to Benji Poops. <laughs> and that's all I remember of like m- me at seven. All right. I Well, we're talking. I remember so much more, but I remember that specifically. Yeah. While we're talking about, uh, like, senior living facilities, I did see the worst possible advertisement for one on a billboard over in Bellevue. Um, oh, no. Which, it was a billboard for a retirement home, and it was a picture of an old man, and the tagline on it was, Bring us your wrinkles, which just <laughs> felt really fucking <laughs> shitty. Because, <laughs> like... Most of those are not facilities you go to voluntarily, so they're just like, fuck your parents. Just all we give a shit about is their wrinkles. 
such an I think you should leave. Right? Get, right? Bring us your wrinkles. And there's just like some, like a bunch of like old people like doing the cha-cha over <laughs> No, 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 no. Here's what it is. It's a like Fenton's Horse Ranch style uh, fake ad. Um, but the product is for a way to iron out your grandparents so that they're less wrinkly. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, that's also very... Oh, so then that they'll be doing the cha-cha afterwards. Yes. Ooh, all of these are great ideas. Yes. Um, well, because you, you can't do the cha-cha slide if you have too many wrinkles, because the cha-cha will get stuck in your folds. So you have to be yep. cha-cha smooth to let the cha-cha slide right off you. But that's the point. The point is, is that this home is so good that it involuntarily makes them cha-cha. Oh. I like it. Your audio do a thing again? Nope. I just accidentally oh. hit my mic stand. Oh, that's fair. But let's see. We wrap up this scene by Eddie being like, we should go camping. Shawnee and Shawnee being like, uh, what if instead we were smart and slept in a comfortable bed? Uh, and Eddie's like, but what if sleeping bags? And Shawnee's like, fuck off. I'm He's staying in like, town. Oh, but... but but camping will be romantic. And uh, so she's clearly the kind of person at OK Cupid picked the uh, out of the what is more romantic kissing in a tent while camping, <laughs> kissing under the Eiffel Tower. She picked kissing under the Eiffel Tower, which I mean, yes, it's the obvious fucking choice for that question. Uh, yeah. Uh, duh. Thank like, you. You go you go to Paris. Yeah. Unless you're like. The maintenance guy at the Eiffel Tower. That is the choice. <laughs> I mean, You're like, I leave work at work. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I wonder. Don't, like, I don't. I, I, I've seen people who answer the romantic, like, in the woods one. And I'm like, you need to stop being so Seattle. Yes. Like, I'm from here and I, 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 I taper it. Yeah. I taper it so that I don't, like, just piss off. Literally everyone else in existence. <laughs> Therefore, Paris kissing under the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mitch and Hobie are going to go camping. Um, so they do. Um, and now we get to see Eddie and Shawnee make out in a real bed because uh, Shawnee's not stupid. Um, yeah. and For a long time. A very long time. It's a little too long. Yes. Um... <laughs> But Shawnee goes to get changed into some lingerie, and while she's in there, she sees a painting of a mom and is like, uh-oh, what if I got pregante? Um, this, this, this picture has no place being in a bed and breakfast. It's yeah, someone breastfeeding a child, and I'm like, this is not like your normal like, like bed and breakfast wear picture. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not like, like... Oh, it's a Monet. Yeah. Like, this is like, yes, this is a classic tale of breastfeeding. I'm like, <laughs> who wants this in the bathroom of a bed and breakfast? I, I don't Yeah, It's weird. In the bathroom feels weird to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a nice piece of art. But um, Shawnee sees it and uh, starting to have some feelings. But then yeah, she starts checking if she if she if she has a bump. Exactly. Well. Um, and while this is going on, Eddie's putting on some smooth jazz and lighting candles and laying sexily on the bed. 
Um, sexily. Sexily. Um, sexily strong. Um, uh, but when Shawnee comes out of the bathroom, she is no longer in the mood, so she goes around blowing out all the candles and won't tell Eddie why. Uh, yeah. And... Shawnee, what the fuck? Yeah. And then Shawnee's like, hey, I don't want you to go to Australia because I think we're going to break up if you go away for a year. And also, this isn't the kind of commitment I need. And Eddie's like, but I love you. And also, I need to do this. Um, and then and also he's like, I'm very confused why this is happening because she hasn't told him about the pregnancy. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of bad communication all around. Uh, they and they're twenty-two year olds. Sure, this makes sense. No, it totally does. Um, but also, I want them to go to couples therapy. Uh, therapy doesn't exist in the nineties. That's true. Um, everyone knows therapists are a liberal hoax that were invented in two thousand eight when we elected Barack Obama. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um. But now we get to see Mitch and Hobie camping and telling stories about Uncle Alex and how the, the weirdest story about Uncle Alex is the one that they tell where uh, Mitch is like, Alex had a lot of calluses. So Alex said, rub gold dust in your hands to get rid of the calluses. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Ooh, what? Yeah. I'm not a naturopath, but I don't think that, <laughs> that, that makes any sense. Um. Yeah, no, it feels like, if anything, it's just going to act as an abrasive and, like, rub the calluses off your hands, which sounds fucking painful, and I don't yeah. want it. How is that the best thing for your for, to get rid of a callus and not just, like, freeze it off? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then he tells a long story about how Uncle Alex always says you'll find gold the last time you look for it, and he never gave up hope, and then I dipped my pan in and I found a nugget of gold— but I think Uncle Alex must have put it there. And then, oh, wait, now I know where the secret spot is. Um, but, uh-oh, the hillbillies were listening to this, too. So now they know to follow Mitch and Hobie. Um, and You're also making s'mores. And yes. I just really want s'mores now. Right? I, shortly before we started recording, I ate a bowl of peanut butter Butterfingers ice cream with whipped cream and chopped up mm. frozen Reese's peanut butter cups with dark chocolate. Um, mm. And I would still fuck up some s'mores. Not gonna lie. I mean, s'mores are amazing. I had some s'more. Oh, God, was that last year? Oh, it's been a, it's been too long since I last had s'mores. Ugh. I want s'mores. Yeah. Which also uh, I realized recently is a weird thing. Uh, s'mores are only an American thing. Interesting. Aren't graham yeah, crackers, like, only really an American thing? Sure. Yeah, I think so. So, if anybody's... Because there's definitely people listening who aren't from America. Mm -hmm. uh, a s'more is you take two graham crackers, <laughs> and then you, you toast a marshmallow, mm -hmm. like, under under a fire, and you put it in between, and then a lot of times you also put, uh, like, chocolate. Mm -hmm. So, because we're, we're trash Americans, we put Hershey's chocolate. Uh, shut up. Uh, Hershey's is inedible. <laughs> You are wrong, um, <laughs> but I'm also I'm also I'm also trash. So um, well, we're uh, well, we're talking about trash opinions and roasting marshmallows. How do you? Oh, what's your? It's about the like DJ marshmallow. <laughs> no, it's not because I don't know anything about him other than that he played a concert in Fortnite. 
I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But do you do you toast your marshmallow or do you burn your marshmallow? Uh, well, are you asking which one I try to do or which one I? What's do? your ideal state? Oh, you toast it. Ah, uh, damn it! You have all the wrong opinions. I you burn the marshmallow. God, yeah, it's so much like, better that way. Like black yeah i like set it on fire blow it out take out the take the outer burnt bit put it on my s'more and then reburn the inside interesting i like it like toasted but like a little bit longer so it, it does like melt a little bit because it's unwieldy but i don't want it burned i don't want it to take off like the the burnt black ends oh i like the burnt part that's my favorite part i eat it Okay, well, you know, are, you know, a, a clock is broken twice. That's not how that works. When you hit a clock with a marshmallow, <laughs> twice it'll break. <laughs> the first when it is harmed by the marshmallow, and the second when the chimney to your heart is closed. The second, the second is when you throw the graham cracker at the clock. <laughs> Proverbs Fortnite twenty seventeen. <laughs> This Oh my god. Oh my god. Um just <laughs> make side super aside. Yes. We we did a thing recently that we've said we were gonna do on the podcast and we watched Josh Kirby Time Warrior. Yes. Uh we watched part four and it is so wild. It's everyone. so fucking weird. It's the most 90s thing I've ever It seen. is. Like, by far. It gets really boring in the middle, and that was when we spent a lot of time coming up with portmanteaus of mushrooms and Italian fascist dictators. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> and then... And that's when we kept on seeing, saying things like, what will I time do? <laughs> things like that. Um, but then we meet the queer icon of the 90s, uh, Colonel something or other, uh, who is amazing and I love him. It, it's wild acting. The guy is just like, I froze a bunch of these mushroom men mm-hmm. uh, and I am going to overact everything. Oh, um, yeah. Campy as fuck. Jo- and then Josh Kirby does like a weird time loop and then he gets betrayed. And it's look, everybody, like he, if you like things that are just over the top with like very 90s special effects and are willing to like maybe skip around the middle a little bit mm-hmm. watch Josh Kirby Time Warrior Part 4 on YouTube. Uh, I'm assume every part's like that and in fact we'll probably watch more of it just because like, it sold itself. It sold itself. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, if you've listened to this much of a Baywatch podcast, you are going our to enjoy Baywatch our Baywatch podcast. You are going to enjoy Josh Kirby, Time Warrior, Part 4, Journey into the Magic Cavern. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yep. Sure I is. Remember it. <laughs> if you look it up. I did not. I actually somehow that has stuck in my brain. Now, wow. important things like when birthdays are or... You know what I'm supposed to be doing on any given day. Got nothing. Absolutely nothing. The name of part four of Josh Kirby Time Warrior, fucking right in there. Do I remember you- that he did a time storm, which no one has ever done before without the secret crystals? Sure do. <laughs> this is how you know these are the things that matter most to you. Oh God, 
I wish I could tell my brain more clearly what things matter to me and what things don't. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe you should uh, tell your brain to time stop. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, what are, what is this hillbilly doing with with Hobie over here? Tell us. Why he's uh, teaching Hobie to pan for gold. Um. <laughs> And Hobie's not finding any gold. Um, so he eventually Mitch wakes up and then he looks for Hobie and calls out for Hobie. And when he finds Hobie, uh oh, it looks like Hobie's been panning for gold with a ghost. Ooh. Is this our Halloween episode? No, it's not. Uh, it's not actually a ghost. The guy just left because he knew Mitch was coming. Um, yeah. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. What is our Halloween episode? All right. Oh wait, it's. Uh, wait a second. Which, which one is it? Wait, is it this? It. I was like, when is Halloween? Then I'm like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> Halloween is end of October. Yep. Okay. Wait. Looks uh, like the episode we have releasing right before Halloween is season three, episode twelve. A matter of life or death. Yeah, which... I don't know anything about it, but the title feels on brand. Uh, this this part isn't for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, uh... Oh, this is less interesting. Oh. It's about Mitch and his dad problems. Oh. Yeah, that's not... Ooh, spooky, spooky dad problems. <laughs> spooky daddy issues. Woo! You can't just add spooky to the front of everything and make it spooky. Spooky, spooky yes, all. I can. <laughs> spooky, yes, I time can. <laughs> anyway, back to the podcast. Um, but yeah, once Hobie and Mitch uh, reunite, we then go back to see Summer showing up to sign up for rookie school. Um, and she's waiting in line after she says goodbye to her mom. And then her stepdad shows up and is super abusive to her and tells her that he followed her all the way out here, 2,200 miles. And then Matt Brody steps in to save Summer by getting rid of her stepdad. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I'm, I'm yep. glad that he did that. Um, yep. And she thinks he's cute. Mm-hmm. Which, to be I'm fair, fu- yes. <laughs> he's fucking hot. Yeah, he's ridiculously attractive. Um, yeah. But now we go back to Mitch and Hobie, uh, who are about to go kayaking when they hear some bad saxophone music. Um, and they ask their guides, what's with the saxophone music? And they're like, oh, yeah, some woman's out there practicing her saxophone. No, no, that's not how they do it, because what's happening is so. So first off, they say, oh, that's Casey Jean. And Casey Jean is their River Rapids guy. Right. So she works for them. Right. And and they, they want to go on the River Rapids. So she's going to take them. And then. They're like, well, we want somebody good. And then they hear the saxophone. And they're like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so they say, oh, Casey Jean uh, was, a, was a lifeguard once in L.A. You may know her. And Mitch is like, CJ. And then we get a scene. Yes. Which I, I'm going to say, I said this before. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this again mm-hmm. verbatim. 
this is some galaxy brain level shit. Yes. I take back everything I've e- bad I've ever said about Baywatch. I yes. I also sent this scene to Reeves. Uh, nice. Because I was like, Reeves, you need to see this. And Reeves sent me maybe like 10 texts that was just each one an exclamation point. <laughs> like, Michael, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Michael, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, it's so good. So so the scene here that we are talking about is Pamela Anderson in Daisy Dukes and a tied off button down playing the saxophone on a rock overlooking the river, looking fucking gorgeous and playing the saxophone relatively well for how badly everyone seems to think that it sounds. Um, so this is her introduction. Yes. Her introduction is her Playing the fucking saxophone. Yes. What? Yes. Is this? I love it so much. Um, and then what does Mitch do? Mitch attempts to sneak up on her to go say hi, uh, and then she gets startled and pushes him into the river, uh, and they catch up for a while, and he asks about her most recent boyfriend, and she says, if you ever bring up his name again, I will push you back into the river. Um, so, this scene alone, mm-hmm. like... But one thing I was, I mean, I was not expecting literally all of this. Yes. Um, but what I was also not expecting was the part where they actually start talking. She is really expressive with, like, with her face. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like. She's good. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, no. Is Pamela Anderson a good actress? <laughs> oh, no. The one thing I'm really curious about, and maybe this is fixed for the remaster, did her audio sound fucking terrible? No. Uh, interesting. In the original version, it's very clearly ADR'd in. Like, it, you can hear the background noise cut out when she talks, and it sounds like she is, like, yelling into a tin can. Oh, no. And no, it's, it sounds just fine. It's noticeably different between her audio quality and everyone else's, mm. which is super weird. But huh, I would I would go back and maybe just watch this this scene then in the in the remaster because like yeah like I was I was so worried uh, that like it was gonna be so obvious that Pamela Anderson is just like the worst fucking actress I've ever seen in my life and I'm like no she's good yeah <laughs> yeah totally no I have I have no complaints honestly yeah um. But yeah, once they all catch up and she says a bunch of very ADR dialogue, um, we learn that Shawnee is still very jealous of everything. Um, And then Mitch gives Eddie a primer on what we in the audience need to know about CJ, which is that she doesn't date anyone for more than two months and she just got dumped and he took everything but her saxophone. Um, That's a weird thing. It's just like. You know all the things that you value in life? Taking them. Except your sacks. Yeah. What? Like, okay, so Morgan, mm-hmm. if, um, let's say you went through a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. At your current state in life, mm-hmm. someone took every everything from you. What would they leave you with? Ooh. Oh, man. Does it have to be, like, the equivalent of a saxophone? That's my hope. Okay. Uh, you can go for whatever you want with this joke. Yeah, I'm going to say um, probably my KitchenAid stand mixer. Ooh. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> How about you, Michael? Um, hmm. 
Mm, I'm like scanning what's around me. (laughs) It's probably going to be like this jar I keep that has like three different sizes of nail clippers. Ooh. See, I was thinking it would be your boom box. (gasps) You're right. It would be my boom box. Ah, yeah. They would leave my boom box that takes four D (laughs) batteries. I mean, it can be plugged in, but it's got to run that thing on batteries. Oh, yeah. It also has Q sound, a revolutionary feature of 1999, which just is like stereo plus a thing that they just by default put into everything in like 2000 and 2001. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you don't put 4D batteries on it, how else are you going to carry it while you're roller skating? Ah, that's I, skateboarding. I mean, honestly. Yeah, fair. Gotta, you got to do ollies. You got to do like mm. flips while you while you had the boom. Hell yeah. Boombox is huge, by the way. Oh, yes. It's a big old boombox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also got like it, it, it plays cassette and it plays CDs. Wow, that thing is, and it has radio. Ooh, Ooh. It has two cassette spots. Does it have Ooh. FM and AM radio? Yes, it does. Wow, we look at rich Mister Eisen over here with his two <laughs> bands of radio. So. I- Sometimes I look at that thing and I feel like a gold prospector. <laughs> There's radio waves in these hills. <laughs> I'm picking up channel 49. <laughs> Why, this music is gold. Gold, I tell you. It's just that song, Gold Digger. Yes. I I hate that song. Mm-hmm. I like, look, it, it's catchy. And that's one reason, uh, as you may have picked picked up, uh, m- the character that I am currently playing of mm-hmm. Michael Eisen uh, hates all music that is catchy, mm-hmm. as opposed to the real behind the scenes Michael Eisen, who only hates half of the things that are catchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, after uh, after we get this exposition dump of Shawnee. Uh, we get a kayaking CJ. scene uh, set to what sounded like elevator music. I, I didn't I didn't listen to any of that. I was just like, oh, my God, excitement, river rafting, Ooh, river rafting flips. That sounds uh, much better than what I got. Wait, what, what did you get? It, it sounded like elevator music. It was just like, oh, I, do, do, I wasn't do, listening do. to the music. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was just like so focused on the fact that they're river rafting and I was like, whoa, cool sport ish <laughs> activities. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we it's a long kayaking scene uh, and then they all dock and Shawnee is still kind of upset, but is also sorry for being mad at Eddie last night. Um, and then the hillbillies kind of drive by on their boat, and Mitch is like, wait, this is the secret spot. Um, and... and Hopi points out the hillbillies, and CJ, I'm already like, I'm gonna fucking love CJ, because CJ is just like, yeah, fuck those guys, you don't want to know them, they suck, and I'm like, okay, okay. Like, she's just very a matter of fact about, like, those are bad people. Don't talk to them. Yeah. Cool. You're good in my book, CJ. Yes. Um, but yeah, 
Mitch realizes that this must be the secret spot. This must be the place. Um, and then Shawnee tells Eddie that she's pregnant and that it's an accident. Gregnant. Mm-hmm. Pregante. Gregernant. Greganners? God, it's one of my favorite videos on the internet. Pregant? <laughs> Pregannernen? Uh, it's such a good video, yeah. Um, she she actually says uh, she's three weeks late. Mm-hmm. She's been nauseous, and she doesn't know if she she's pregnant. But this is enough to put Eddie in that same state that, uh, you know, most people have when they're just like, I had a joke here, and I, I I couldn't figure out the end of the joke. The point is, is he can't figure this out either. It's true. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> much yeah. like uh, much like you, he rushed into this joke without a safety net, and now there's consequences. I had a safety net, but it didn't make sense. <laughs> was talking about like it's like ten uh, year olds watching the Porygon episode of, po- of Pokemon, and I'm like. But that's a seizure. That's not what he's. <laughs> I was like, that's wrong. Why is this my safety net? There's always a safety net. They're just not always good safety. That's net. true. That's true. I think the best safety net is for us to go to the next scene. Uh, is it? Let's talk about this for a second. Sure. So, like, this whole episode was leading up to this spot, mm-hmm. and it could have, like, it's better that it, it for, narratively. It's better that it's here. Yes. Because it just makes everything else be like, look at these shitty 22-year-olds who don't know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, they finally communicated. But really, she should have told him at the beginning. Instead of lying to him and been like, I may be be pregnant. Because that's like, why wouldn't you tell him? (laughs) (laughs) He should have just gotten a Luigi board. Ah, yes, a Luigi. God. Um, The early internet was a weird place. Um, It was such a weird place, but it's also, controversially, a good place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Mitch uh, finds the box, and inside, why, it's a map to that sweet, sweet gold! Um, but uh oh, the hillbillies know about it too. Um, and this piece of paper ain't gold. It's the lyrics to Sweet Clementine, but turned into a riddle. In fact, I have the lyric. Oh boy. Uh, now, Morgan, you have a choice here. My voice is higher pitched than yours. Yes. Uh, so mine sounds more like Hobie. But if you want, you can do it. I can give you the lyric. I mean, if you're if you're dying to read it, be my guest. But I dying. I don't know. Do I want this on my tombstone dying? Not really. (laughs) I'll do it. Yeah, be my guest. Me, 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 me. (laughs) We're in Hobie (laughs) Moe. In a cavern. In a cavern. Oh, that's right. In a cavern. I can't keep doing that. I'm accidentally doing that. In a cavern, in a canyon, excavating for a mine. Even my voice is, oh, 
Leave the minor 49er and his daughter, Lollipop. And that's where this just goes downhill, because that doesn't rhyme. No. Near the X down in the clearing, on the way to Devil's Mouth, it was lost and gone forever, where the river is heading south. Angle inland towards New England. <laughs> so, like, east? Yeah. To Tammy, to Tammy's tree that's been cut down. Grind the ground toward Wilma's table. If you're able, leap and bound. This, my voice has changed like six times. Where are you finding it? Where are you finding it? Teeter totter. Slide it off and see the coffin and the golden light will glow. Um, yeah. Brava, uh, brava. Thank you. So CJ says, well, there's a tree called the lollipop tree. Mm-hmm. So that's probably it. And it's like, I okay. really hoped they were going to go to the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Ah, uh, yeah, I kind of hope for that, too. Yeah. Uh, I just rewatched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou last night, and so it was stuck in my head. Or, or they could just go to Candy Mountain, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Speaking of early internet... Mm-hmm. They just gotta shun the non-believers. I, I, controversially also am glad that did not come back. Yes, like it came back for like three or four, you know, videos. But I'm glad it did not come back. Unlike yeah. Lasagna Cat, which was a good comeback. Yes, I don't trust Charlie the Unicorn to come back. No, it's it deserves to stay dead along with like the. Uh, the like, uh, was it Happy Tree Pals or whatever? Oh you know God, what yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, I haven't thought about that in so long. I know. You know what is making a comeback, though, I, I believe, is fucking Homestar Runner. Homestar Wanna. You see, the funny part is I never, ever have watched Homestar Runner. Really? That feels like so much your shit. I don't know. I, I missed out on all of it. I haven't gone back and watched it because someone, someone once told me, well, if you missed it, there's no point going back to it. It's not good. It doesn't make sense. Oh, I so disagree. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, I ha- I also have not watched it in a while, but... Would you say I'm gonna burn an eight in hell? <laughs> I know that's a reference. That's, like, the only thing I know. Yeah. There's Trogdor, mm-hmm. and he burninates, I think. Yes. He does. He does. You see, I was over here shittily watching the <laughs> Control-Alt-Delete season. Well, you were, well, you were studying the Homestar Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I, an intellectual, <laughs> was was watching shitty animated series. I so I have this YouTube series that I I keep this in my favorites list. Mm-hmm. I have a long favorite. I have two favorites lists. I have a long one, and I keep this in just in case to ever bring this up. And maybe I can delete it now. There was this like short YouTube series uh, that was called God Loves Me Best, and it was like. Interesting. 2007. It's bad. It's basically they get a house and they're like, we have one person who is a Jew, one who is a Christian, one who is Muslim, one who is Wiccan, one who is Buddhist. And they're all going to fight, not fight, but they're all just going to coexist. And they're all going to be like, God loves me best. And that's that's the theme song. It's just God loves me best. And they say that like over and over like four times in a 10 minute episode wow you hear god loves me best so it's stuck in my fucking head and the only person who comes off good in this is the wiccan who's just like yeah i don't necessarily like believe in 
god (laughs) sort of like a satan figure but Mm -hmm. not not like really so like i don't god can't love me and they're all like are you not a paul are you not a monotheist get out of here (laughs) and i'm like wow how did this never like take off yeah (laughs) wow this seems like it would have been so good wow but yeah we've got one last scene in this episode which is that Everyone's going to go get the treasure, but Shawnee's going to head back to the cabins, and she's Brigante, um, <laughs> and she's sitting in the river when one of the hillbillies comes up and kidnaps her, and then we see the words, to be continued, or because I was watching it on Daily Motion, uh, it was backwards. Oh, I thought you were going to say it, it, it was in German. <laughs> Wait a second. No, what is that? sometimes it's in German, sometimes it's backwards. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, sorry, German listeners. I'm gonna try this. All right. Okay, okay let's see. Oh no, I'm not gonna try. No. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not gonna be held accountable for this. Morgan, say this. <laughs> Fort Gestsinverden. Great job. Um, Fort Fort. I assume that's wrong. Verden. Yes. Oh, it's almost certainly wrong. Um, I'm, I'm fairly confident in my pronunciation of Verden, um, yes. but not the first word. German listeners, if, if there's a better way to pronounce it, please just like tweet us and yeah. tell us how to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, that's episode one. Mm-hmm. That's part one also. Um, so Morgan, uh, I have updated our ratings. Ooh. Hear it. Yes, please. So, Morgan, on a scale of one to ten, where one is discovering that love is dead. Okay. Ten is discovering that you have a gold prospecting 49er uncle who left you a gold boot in his will. Where would you rate this? Well, Michael, I gotta say that I've found many a gold nugget in my day. And this episode was not one of the shiniest gold nuggets. But, uh, I am gonna have to give it, uh, I think, a seven overall is what I would give it. I think it's a good episode. I think it definitely suffers from the uh, writing challenge of a two-part episode and this being part one, where you know, there's there's a lot of filler sequences. A lot that feels like it goes on a little long, but overall I enjoyed watching it. I thought that the new characters we meet all felt well-written, the scene between Summer and her mom, both the scenes between Summer and her mom felt like some of the better writing we've ever seen on Baywatch. Um, and so, yeah, overall, I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, and I am going to say that a seven is the experience of trying to sneak up on an old friend who was playing the saxophone and they throw you in the water, but it's cool because, like, it was a playful, thir- flirty thing anyway. And so you get to cool off on a nice hot day while a beautiful woman plays you saxophone. Oh, that's nice. That's kind of sweet. It's kind of cute. Uh, Michael, how about you? I'm going to give this an eight. Wow. Uh, yeah, I like this a lot. Uh, yeah, like, I-, I didn't think there were as many troubles maybe as you did. I didn't think it was perfect, but, um, you know, and I, I still think Shawnee and Eddie and arguing is a little bit annoying, but it works. Yeah. And so that's why it's not like a nine and it's, it's not a 10. 
but it is it is quite good. Yeah. Um, and it's buck wild, and that's I mean that that bumps it up a lot. Like yeah, the fucking prospector uncle. Yes. And Pamela Anderson being introduced to the most watched show of all time by her playing a saxophone is just oh, it's so again, good. Galaxy brain level shit. I take back everything bad I've said about this book. <laughs> and I would say in eight is uh, tangent time. Morgan, um, I well, I, I haven't talked about wrestling yet in this episode. This is true. Is you haven't talked about wrestling this entire season. Wow. I haven't talked about it on this show. Baywatch Rookie School. A podcast <laughs> for two men. <laughs> I was like, how do I also fit that joke in mm-hmm. to this statement? There we uh, go. Th- we got our one joke on this podcast in. Mm-hmm. We can retire. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't talked about wrestling this season. Uh, so uh, I watched uh, Triple Mania the other day. Uh, Triple Mania is like the is sort of the like Mexican version of WrestleMania. In Mexico, there are two big companies, CMLL and AAA or AAA. Mm-hmm. And CMLL is basically a bunch of old carnies who are just like, uh, they may, they mostly make money off the fact that they own arenas. So they, they, they own the arenas that they run events in across Mexico. And they also put their own shows there. So they just happen to make a ton of money. But they're really fucking old and really are like, well, uh... We're, we're going to make sure that, like, the two families who run this thing uh, get to make all the decisions, and they're the ones who get all the screen time. Okay. Playa, on the other hand, is fucking buck wild. Uh, they have a Marvel sponsorship. Wow. They have a Twitch sponsorship. Oh. Uh, and they have heel refs, which makes no sense. Oh. They have heel referees. Which makes no sense. They don't necessarily believe in rules uh, <laughs> at, at all. Like they're just like, um, you know, this is what wasn't when we were supposed to count to three, so we're just not going to do it. Which is great. Uh, random music plays. They're just like, you know what? Let's just steal music. Uh, we don't give a shit. Wow. Um, uh, it's amazing. And Triple Mania every year is an exciting event. It's always on Twitch, and it's the most fucked show. Mm-hmm. ever seen it's a disaster from start to finish and it's lovely so this year they had their marvel sponsorship was okay i'm gonna have to read this to you um because uh it is it is great okay uh, so they had um la leyenda americana so it's like captain america sure el arachno Spider-Man. Okay. La Estrella Cosmica. You know, like Cosmic Star, whatever. Mm-hmm. Terror, Terror Purpura, which is just the Incredible Hulk. Okay. Uh, um, El Venen- Venenoide, and then La Picadura Letal. So, uh, actually, it wasn't... To put this in actual perspective, what actually happened is there's a match happening, and lucha hulk had not appeared yet mm. and then they have a breakable wall and lucha hulk just kicks down a wall fuck yeah uh, uh and just starts kicking the shit out of people now uh, morgan i'm gonna show you okay a picture of lucha hulk 
uh, and um, I'm going to show you two pictures here. Now, the first one, and of course, I'll put this in the podcast notes. Mm-hmm. Um, first one here is, um, are you ready for this? Yes. Maybe. Oh, no, I was not ready for it. <laughs> My God. Uh, here is the second picture of uh, Lucha Hulk. See, that seems much better. Yes. Now, Lucha Hulk did a run-in to distract Lucha Thanos to allow the heroes to get the win. Of course. Lucha Loki then appeared on screen afterwards. Oh, my God. Another match. Uh, Let me show you Lucha Loki. Um, uh, This is is Lucha Loki. All right. All right. Um, So that's already, like, buck wild so you start the show with that and you're like great okay mm-hmm. then you just get all sorts of like okay so lucia libre is when it's good it's really good and when it's not it's really bad uh because it's a lot of people doing a lot of flippy stuff and they just miss the timing mm-hmm. or they fall and it's just bad and trip uh, triple mania is infamous for having a lot of just bad um or the referee just decides, I'm not going to count the pin right now. Well, I'm going to get in the way. Or in w- the women's match, the referee just decides to start fighting them. For what some reason? And then they start fighting the champ, fighting the referee. And then another referee comes in and they start fighting him. And I'm like, I have no clue what is going on uh, at all, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and then uh, Ric Flair showed up in Mexico, which is crazy. Hell yeah. The final match is, uh, so in Lucha Libre, the only thing more important than a championship is your mask. Okay. So in Lucha, they, so we've discussed what kayfabe is. Yes. Basically, they, uh, um, but, but in America, like, you could know that The Rock's real name is Dwayne Johnson. Sure. You would know that, like, Hulk Hogan's real name is Terry Bollea. That John Cena's real name is John Cena. Like, that is, <laughs> like, do, matter do, of do, fact... Do. Yes. Uh, who, who has decided to come back to wrestling uh, in the last few weeks? And it's great. He just talks about dicks all day. It's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Um, he's like... He tells people, like, I, I don't know why you'd want to waste 20 years on missionary position. Uh, it's buck wild. Um, mm-hmm. um, but in Lucha, the only thing more important is the mask. And their names are not a matter of public record. Uh, it is not oh. a journalist. Wow. Uh, they legitimately remain uh, anonymous. Huh. So, That's impressive. Uh, and they do that for as long as they have their mask. It is not shared to the media. It's only known among wrestlers and on their contract. Wow. So uh, to lose your mask is a huge thing because uh, it means, one, you unmask yourself. You actually show your face. And two, it means you release your actual real name to public record. Oh. So a lot of times people will lose their mask in like their 50s. Mm. Uh, or they may lose it earlier on and like go for something drastically different but a lot of times people will go their entire career with their mask like one of the most famous wrestlers El Santo never lost his mask and he would be on movies in his classic white mask one time he tried to take off his mask and then he just revealed he had another mask on 
underneath his face, <laughs> which is stupid, and I love it. That's amazing. Uh, it's very stupid, and he did this all the fucking time. So the main event is a mask versus hair match. So there's this guy, Psycho Clown, and Psycho Clown is a clown. That's his gimmick. Okay. A fucking Psycho Clown. There's Checks some other out. clowns, and I hate all of the clowns. Like, I cannot... There's... Um, Murder Clown, there's Pagano, Chess Man, and Psycho Clown. Okay. And Psycho Clown, his dad passed away, so they were like, oh, this is a big match. Uh, and Psycho Clown is a fucking carny Like, he's horribly carny. Like, mm-hmm. All of his matches go, like, fucking 30 minutes, and there's just, like, five things that they do. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. So he, of course, is not going to lose his mask. However, they tear his mask in, like, in half so you can see his face mm-hmm. like haha he didn't reveal his mask so the other guy loses his hair and the shears stop working so they just start taking scissors and cut this guy's hair he has long hair and the whole time he's trying to talk on a microphone and has to shout at them ow that mm. hurts stop doing <laughs> so this show is so fucked however it is a delight to watch. Uh, and that's what an eight is. That <laughs> All right. This, this episode is kind of fucked. However, it is a delight. Um, to give you some other opinions, mm-hmm. Sandcrab722 gave this a 10 out of 10. Hell yeah. Entitled his review, Warbling. <laughs> he says... Hobie sings like an angel. Does he? They're they're all greedy for gold. Yes. M- Matt is the new stud in town and Summer knows it. Lots of rafting. Oh, and Mitch Ogles volleyball players. <laughs> Great episode, don't miss it. <laughs> Alright. Uh, that's from June 13th, 2021. Now, I like to read to you a review from the 7th of June, 2004. Okay. Um, which is titled, Where is the River? (laughs) I'm not sure if they named the river in this episode, but the location is tended to be a river in Northern California and not the Colorado River. The show is actually shot on the South Fork of the American... Because, you know, the Colorado River does go into California. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, The show was actually shot on the South Fork of the American River near Sacramento, some of the details of the river uh, of the real river appear in the show. For example, Troublemaker is the real name of the rapid, though it's not nearly as long and harrowing as it seems in the show. Troublemaker is just upstream of the site of the discovery of gold in 1849 that started the well-known Californian gold rush. There's also a reference to the lollipop tree, which is a lone tree on a hilltop that is used as a landmark for raptors to know when they are about to enter the gorge. Uh... He gave no rating, but five out of seven. <laughs> useful. Um, Sounds useful so, to me. Yeah, I like this episode. I think, you know, if if more episodes are going to be like this, which from what I understand, they're wacky, just wacky. Yeah, uh, I think we're in for just an, a great season of television. I completely agree. Now, Morgan, would you like to know what happens next episode yes please oh fun fact i just found out 
Starting with this episode, the patches on the lifeguard's trunks and swimsuits has been changed to a picture of a tower behind the sun with the words Baywatch lifeguard zone on them. Hey. That's, that's cool. Um, all right. Are you ready, Morgan? I'm so ready. The Baywatch wiki says, Drew shoots at the raft. Shawnee is taken hostage and pushed off the cliff. The cliff? I don't know what that means. After Eddie and Mitch save her, she finds out that she's not pregnant. Eddie proposes to her. Matt, Mitch climbs down with the help of a rope and finds the golden boot. Jeb's ar- Jed arrives at the trailer. Eddie marries Shawnee and they move to Australia. Well, that seems like a giant spoiler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should have read that. Oh, well, uh, whatever. Um, The INDB, well, whatever. It's, it's Baywatch. Like, yeah. oh, no, spoilers for a show from 1992. Yeah. Uh, for a 29-year-old show. Uh. The INDB description says, after narrowly escaping death at the hands of two local redneck dregs, <laughs> Drew and Lonnie. Damn D-Gens from upcountry. <laughs> 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 Who are perusing them for the gold. Mm. Mitch, Eddie, Shawnee, Hopi, and CJ try to track down the infamous gold boot buried along the river, which leads to a dangerous underwater cave. Unable to bear being away from Shawnee after she has a pregnancy scare. Eddie proposes marriage to her as well as a life away from Baywatch, and she accepts. Back at Baywatch, Jackie Quinn. Jackie Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to be like that my thing. Jackie, Jackie Quinn. Quinn. Jackie Quinn. It's abusive and a, a obsessive boyfriend, Jed, follows her in summer to California and tries to ram their trailer off a cliff. Oh, shit. Matt, but Matt arrives and saves them just in time. Being... This is quite a sentence leading to a romantic meeting of the minds for Summer and Matt. Oh, meeting huh. a romantic meeting of the minds. Wow. OK, uh, that feels way too romantic for Baywatch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it does feel a little bit too romantic, but you know what? Don't care. Uh. This is this is the show we're doing, and I will just accept it. Yes, because yeah, I can't I can't go back in time and change it because I am not Josh Kirby, Time Warrior. Oh God! But what if we were? Wouldn't that uh, be if great? We, if we were, that would have drastically changed like my teenage years. Yeah, you know? totally. I would have I would have been like cool. Yeah, I think I can't imagine uh, what that would be like. I I can't imagine what it'd be like to be cool now. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, hosting a podcast about Baywatch is pretty much one of the coolest things you can do. I did actually tell someone earlier today, I was like, well, I I, I got to do a lot of research on this show. And they're like, oh, no, that's a good thing. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no, I'm usually happy for my friends when, you know, they put a lot of consistent work and effort into their passion project. Yeah, that's just me. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, no, I was I was joking. And I was like, I wasn't. (laughs) I just wanted to be a dick about it. Yeah. Um, But you know what? We're not going to be a dick about that's uh, taking up. Yeah, we are. We, I mean, we totally are. We're always going to be a dick about most everything, but we are going to let you uh, let you all have your time back. Leave. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna parking lot the rest of this episode for next week. We're gonna we're gonna time box it and really just part the kimono. Um, what? I. It's the worst business 
speak I've ever heard. And I don't... What? Are, is that a thing people say? I don't think they say it anymore, but it was definitely a thing in, like, the dot-com era. Heart the kimono? It's to, like, give a sense of transparency to a project. Don't you just mean, like, a sundress? <laughs> you can just say that and not be racist about it. I agree. It's a bad phrase, um, but it has stuck in my head because it's bad. But what I want to Sorry, say... So quick aside. <laughs> yes. Quick aside. Is... This isn't necessarily for the podcast, but I just there was a tweet I saw yesterday, which I found funny, uh, which is just someone had this tweet of like for sale sundress never railed in. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. Oh, it's shit. so good. And uh, they were like, uh, well, really? And someone's like, oh, you know, like I can fix that. And she's like, OK, I'm going to be real with you. I lied. It was like a good summer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing um, Great tweet uh, But yes, what I want to say Is thank you all so much For listening to this episode The first episode of season 3 Of Baywatch Rookie School If you want to find us on Twitter Our show handle is At Rookie School Pod I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnet, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, if your ex breaks up with you, make sure you keep the fucking saxophone. Do 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 do